Welcome to the Relationship Builder Podcast. Dr. Kevin Skinner with you with my good friend and colleague, Brett Williams. Today, I am so excited. We get to share about something that I've actually been talking about for a long, long time. It's premarital counseling, premarital getting ready for marriage, and how to best prepare in your relationship. Yeah, so if you are getting ready to get married, to get into a significant relationship, if you have a child getting into a relationship and are considering uh, making uh, it more permanent, I invite you to listen to today's podcast where we're going to provide the tools and you're going to do the building, or maybe it's going to be your children or grandchildren. Either way, we want to welcome you to the podcast. I want to start off with a question. Why do we get married? Ooh, five minutes, that's a long time. Yeah, so so, what really, have you ever wondered, you know, what is it that drives us to, into relationships? Why, why, do we, why do we kind of have an inclination for a committed relationship? And, and part of it, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And, and and again, I'm gonna go back. I'm I'm you know me, Brad. I'm kind of a base root guy, but I think I th- I think we get into relationships because it's our it's our biology. We long for connection. We long for bonding. And 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 really, the, the marriage contract is really saying, I'm connecting, contracting, agreeing to be your partner. Even even in our marital ceremonies, what are some of the common phrases that we use? And, and in that agreement, if we're going to covenant agreement, and in that contract, again, I've used different words here, really what are we saying? I'm going to be yours and you're going to be mine. And so as we really look at couples, what initially happens, and at least it's been in my experience, is we get into this infatuation love phase where, you know, we, this is the person I'm so excited and I'm so thrilled and I'm all of this and I'm getting all these wonderful feel good hormones where five minutes apart and I can't keep my eyes off you. And I'm so, so, so excited. And yet, it's really important to pause and slow down and really look at each partner or potential partner without rose-colored glasses. Uh, a few years ago, uh, a good friend of mine, Ken Patey, uh, we created an assessment called uh, Behind the Dating Mask, and uh, really it was a test of the relationship. And we were looking at, you know, the emotions of the relationship, the psychological parts of the relationship. We were looking at fighting and conflict. And, and we interviewed people. We interviewed divorced people. And, and now that may sound like a strange starting point. But what we discovered is that most of the divorced people had significant red flags in their dating relationships. 
and they ignored them. They didn't pay attention to them. So in that, we started looking at some of these red flags that we need to be aware of while we're in a dating relationship. So while there's red flags, there's also maybe what we call them blue ribbons or positive things that we're looking for in this relationship. So today I want to talk about some of the common red flags and also some, maybe some of these blue ribbons of things that, yeah, I, I really hope that's happening in a relationship because if it is, it's a great sign. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And, and so let's go off some of these. You know, I, I often uh, will, ha- in the past especially, I did a lot of premarital counseling. Um, I had a lot of religious leaders sending me couples uh, that they were working with and just wanted them to get a good foundation. And, and it's always interesting to me, some people th- tend to think that marriage can make problems go away. And, and I think that that's a myth. And I'd like to address that myth first. It, when couples have significant fights... When they get together, break up, get together, break up, and, and throughout a uh, dating and courtship process, those are red flags. There's something that's triggering the getting together, breaking up, getting together, breaking up. And, and I often will ask couples, you know, what is this about? What, what's the underlying root of this conflict? And it's always interesting to hear the different explanations. But more often than not, it's that they don't fight well. All right, J and J. Right. And, and, and really, then what we say here, and I think this is just as an observation, you have to learn how to fight. You have, and, and really, maybe we're saying to disagree. You want to have disagreements. You want to have differences. And at the end of the day, um, 
I really think that the best thing that we can do as therapists is ask harder questions. And that's really what one of the key tools that I would like to talk with couples about is, can you guys have hard conversations? If you can't have hard conversations, such as what are we committing to? What does fidelity mean in this relationship? What does it mean for you? And, and what about substances? What about substance use or, or you know drinking or whatever it may be? Are, is that going to be a part of your life? Now, again, we, we may find that it's actually premarital secrets that are not shared that are the ones that come back to bite couples in the butt later on. And, and, and so can you be transparent? Can you be yourself or do you feel like you have to have secrets? Now, I'm going to tell you, if you feel like you have to have secrets or, or maybe you think I, I couldn't share this with them because, you know, if I shared it with them, they would reject me. Well, that's exactly the question that I think that we need to address. Should we be talking about some of those secrets or some of those things from our past, the demons, so to speak? And if not, why not? And I, I hope we're getting to a cultural shift. But many times I've talked with people and they say, well, no, that's in the past. That happened a long time ago, whatever it is. Well, the reality is I think that those things come around full circle. And my 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 experience has been that when you enter with secrets, it usually does not end well. Yeah, so two parts. If if I can't be transparent, I might not be ready for marriage. All right, so part number one, if I can't be transparent, if I if I can't be open with you, if I'm afraid you're going to reject me, I probably ought to go figure those things out before I, I get into a relationship with somebody. Concept number two, if we think that marriage makes is going to make a problem go away. Let's say, for example, that I've got a drinking problem. And I think, well, if I get in this relationship, I will, I'll stop drinking or I won't drink as much. Or for that matter, maybe it's pornography. I'll stop looking at pornography if I get into a committed relationship and we're able to be sexual. Marriage doesn't make these problems go away. And if I think I, I'm going to hide something, if I'm not going to disclose it, as a therapist, how many times have you seen a couple come into your office where those secrets come back and they're just like, now they're ever present because you lied to me. Why didn't you tell me? I'm not sure I would have married you in the first place. And now now we've got a child down the road and the deception is as hard as anything to help these couples in the repair process because it was built upon, as we might say, a sandy foundation.
Yeah, great point. So talking about hard things, one of the things that I often will tell tell couples, um, the way you fight now is the pattern that carries with you into marriage. So if, you, if you're ignoring problems, hard conversations, you might just be doing that in marriage too, except for expound, expand it even more. So if you can't have hard uh, conversations while you're dating, harder conversations when you're married can be even more difficult. So, so I, I tell them the way you fight, the way you argue, the way you get along, the patterns that you establish, even pre-marital are going to carry with you into your marriage. So observe the patterns. I, I have couples that come into my office and say, okay, let's look at this on a scale between zero, no conflict and a hundred as much conflict, fighting, arguing. I mean, it's really conflictual. Where would you put your relationship in terms of conflictual amount of conflict? Always interesting to me. To, to listen to the numbers. But when I start having couples, you know, or maybe 5 or 10 or 15%, I'm not too concerned. But when I start getting couples 50, 60, 70% of the time they're arguing, fighting, I'm like, you know, you guys have patterns right now that are going to be much more difficult as you get older because you're, you're right now you're fighting a lot. You're disagreeing a lot. You're, you're, you're in a place right now that's already at pretty good risk. And unless we can figure out how to work through these differences the patterns you have now, they're just going to get harder as you have bills and children and the house payment and whatever else it may be, all the stress of, of life. And right now, you're not learning to do it together. So let's talk openly about reality. Marriage takes effort. And it, it's going to be difficult at times. You're going to have frustrations. You're not going to know how to communicate. Or, or, or maybe what's going to happen is you're going to feel so frustrated that you turn away from your spouse and you turn into work or addictions or whatever it is because you don't know how to solve these problems. So learning how to solve problems is going to be the one of the most important things you're going to learn to do before you're married. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
Yeah. And you talk about money. I just want to bring that one up for a second to, you know, uh, hidden debt, right? Not, not talking about debt or, or those types of obligations. Oh, you know, and then we talk about previous relationships and sometimes, you know, we, we, you know, we're just going to ignore previous relationships. Well, you know, sometimes those relationships can be a great window of understanding into how problems were or weren't solved in the past. Family conflict. Family conflict can be another one that we need to be able to talk through. You know, do you like your family? Do you not? Do they not like their family? How, how do they resolve uh, family issues? Do they have friends? Do they not have friends? How do they interact with those friends? Those are all things that we should be observing, which gets me to another point. Mm-hmm. No more secrets or no secrets, just transparency and openness. So, so it kind of gets me to that next part of observing. And, and when you're in this dating phase, you should always keep your mind open. You haven't made the vows, whatever you want to say. It simply is. And, and this is just the way that I'm going to say it. It simply is what you see is what you get. Uh, WYSIWYG, right? Am I being congruent? And as a, as, a, as a therapist, we want them, as an observer, to learn, to observe. Uh, let me give you a story here. So in one, of those, in one of those interviews, we were talking to a lady who, um, she had uh, remained uh, a virgin, and uh, she, you know, no premarital sex, and her goal was that. So she's in this relationship with this guy, and uh, they're about six weeks from getting married, and uh, he starts pushing the boundaries, saying, you know, it doesn't matter if we have sex, really. I mean, it's, it's not that big of a deal. We're going to be married in six weeks anyway. Why don't we just have sex now? Now, because she had had an instinctive feeling that he was the guy, the guy, right? She's like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. And so she kind of fended him off, so to speak. But when it came to their marriage... Over time, his that concept of pushing her boundaries continued and continued and continued. And and what really became more transparent over time is that he didn't respect her values. And that was manifest prior to the marriage, but it had not been adhered to. And and so she had this feeling of maybe there's something wrong, but she kind of pushed it aside because intuitively she thought, oh, he's the guy for me. But she started ignoring the red flags and stopped observing. And that's really what I'm saying here. She stopped observing what's happening here. So just because I think I'm in love does not mean I should stop observing. So if you're trying to determine whether this is a good fit, keep observing and don't be afraid to say, that doesn't work. I don't, I don't like that or I don't want that. And if you can't address those things, I promise you, you're going to regret it when you're married.
Right. So let's conclude with some positive things that couples should be looking for. Right. We've already talked about, you know, can they communicate and can they have these hard conversations? Let me add some things that I think are really good signs. Right. Uh, and, And one of them I've already mentioned, a person who has friends who is loyal and committed. So I'm looking for loyalty. I'm looking for somebody who's had long-term friends. So so a, a, a blue ribbon, so to speak, is somebody who has been able to maintain friendships, has many friends, and, and, and is respectful and loyal to them. The same would be true of somebody who interacts well with their family. Somebody who gets along, somebody who treats their family with respect. I, I'm really concerned when somebody says, oh, I hate my mom. Not that that's, not that, not that, um, they marriage is off the table. It's what's the underlying issue of hate? Strong word. And if I ignore that, well, that's their mom. Well, there's a story that's going to eventually come to play in the marriage. And so when I see people hating family members or constant fighting, the pattern of arguing and fighting, they've observed. So I'm looking for I'm looking for individuals who, even if they have conflict with their family, they can acknowledge it. You know, my mom and I, or my dad and I, we haven't always seen eye to eye, and I've had to work through some issues because of that relationship, and I've had to because it's been hurtful. Now that sounds more mature than some point. I just hate my dad, or hate my mom. So, so I'm wanting somebody who's done some work to resolve those issues rather than just saying I hate this person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, we could we could go on with a lot of other blue ribbons. I mean, I just list off four or five of them. Somebody who's motivated, right? Somebody somebody who works hard, but it can also knows how to play, right? I can work hard and I can play. That goes back to that balance concept you're talking about. So, yeah, I work hard, but I know how to play. I know how to relax, and and relaxation is is for me a big deal, right? Because a person who knows how to slow down knows how to be curious and creative and playful and enjoy life. The person who's constantly on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you're able to do that, it means you're trying to find that balance of life. And, and I, I'm pro hard work, pro diligence, pro all of that. But I'm also saying, do they know how to play? And we work hard, we play hard. And we create healthy habits, which gets me to a final blue ribbon that I'd like to share. People with healthy habits usually make good partners. 
good habits, everything from exercise to eating well to, um, again, sleeping even, right? You, you look for chaos, and if you see chaos in many parts of their life, you're probably going to see chaos in other parts. So do they have some kind of structure or routine that, that shows that they have good, healthy habits? These are some of the blue ribbons that I found to be effective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one final one. Sorry, I could keep going, but one in particular. Yeah, so, so my final one is this. Somebody who's willing to admit fault, somebody who's willing to acknowledge that, you know, I make mistakes and I'm, I'm still learning, I'm still growing. My bigger concern is the person who is perfect. Right? And the person who has some humble, contrite, somebody who's, you know, willing to say, I'm still working on myself. And, and they, they recognize, you know what, I can say I'm sorry, I do make mistakes. That to me is a person who's a pretty good catch because you see that person who's saying, I'm still learning. Yeah, we could probably keep going, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Love it, love it, love it. All right. Well, Brett, any final thoughts for our listeners today? Mm, love it, love it. All right, to our listeners, it is delightful to be with you. Thank you for taking time to listen to the Relationship Builder Podcast. This has been Dr. Kevin Skinner with Brett Williams. Remember, love is a choice. Make it every day. <laughs>